Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 292. On this episode, we've got some news, and then we'll be previewing the CW fall TV schedule and then discussing the series premieres of Blindspot, Heroes Reborn, Minority Report, and The Muppets, and then the second season premiere of Empire. Plus, we'll have some TV recommendations at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 292. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Laurel Brown from Doc Brown TV. And Melissa Giramonti from The Televixen and from Remotely Girly. Thank you both for joining me on the podcast this week. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And thank you... Laurel, for coming on in short notice. <laughs> no problem. You got me at a good time. <laughs> on to the podcast. So uh, first up, a little bit of news. A few things that have been announced in the last week or so. ABC has renewed Mistresses for a fourth season uh, that will apparently not include Jennifer Esposito, but it will be back again, and I'm sure they'll find somebody else to take on the fourth slot in that show. Uh, either of you watch? Nope. Never. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched a little bit of the first season, but obviously not a show tailored for me. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but apparently, you know, it's doing uh, rather well for for ABC, and I think it worked well for them trying doing a Thursday night lineup of things with mistresses and rookie blue and and stuff to sort of keep a lineup of similar shows throughout the summer like they are doing with the shonda shows on thursday nights now that the fall is back or the regular tv season Uh, also just today nbc announced that they have ordered the back nine of scripts for blind spot not necessarily the episodes but after one episode, I guess they were like, well, we, we at least want to know where things would go past the 13 that we've already ordered uh, before we finally decide. But if it continues to do uh, the numbers, you know, if it doesn't just drop off in the next few episodes, I'm sure that those nine scripts will turn into actual episodes. Uh, and then Netflix... Uh, has ordered 12 more episodes of Black Box. Uh, either of you watched Black Box? I have. It's crazy. Wait, it's is is it called by Black Box there, isn't it? Black Mirror? Oh, yeah, Black Mirror. You're right. Yeah. I know what you're talking about anyway. Yeah, I but, think that's right. Yeah. It is Black Mirror. Okay, just because I know sometimes <laughs> in different countries they go by different names, so I wasn't sure if maybe... I think just Black Box just... I type just those flowed right ni- nicely together when I typed it out, even though I was talking about Black Mirror. Okay. Yeah, Black Mirror is very good, and especially in the fact that it totally predicts like real things, like, you know, British prime ministers having intimate relations with pigs. <laughs> yes, uh... <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched past the first episode, but it, it definitely is that weird, like, updated Twilight Zone. <laughs> type of type yeah. of thing where around technology and mm-hmm. potentially things like that uh which is funny which is where the title black mirror came from which is the <laughs> screens that we look into are basically a black mirror uh, 
So <laughs> uh, that's too funny. But yeah, they're going to do. They've already, you know, over the the very British of them to do three and then three and then one over the past few years. Mm-hmm. And then now getting an an order for 12 episodes. So that should definitely be interesting. Um, if you could get past what happens in the first episode, I'm sure you would. Hey, which one's the first episode? The first episode is the one with the prime minister and the pig. <laughs> oh, is that the first episode? I didn't realize. <laughs> Ripped from the headlines. <laughs> but it's definitely one that makes you think about like that one is all about the Twitter culture and the things going viral and all that type of stuff that, uh, you know, how we poll, you know, doing polling and and how we respond to things based on, you know, the instant reaction of, of people where, you know, once people sit back and think about something, you know, it's not necessarily <laughs> uh, the same. But, yeah, that's. That one should be definitely interesting to see where they uh, where they go with more of that. And then lastly, TNT canceled Proof uh, after one season, uh, which is, I don't know, I guess not really a surprise. Yeah. I don't think people really watched very much, so. Yeah, although the numbers that I saw of it didn't seem like they were super terrible. But I don't know, I guess compared to what they're... You know other stuff that they have and what they're shooting for these days on on TT. I guess in, in comparison to you know major crimes and Rizzoli and Isles and things like that, it's no it was nowhere near the numbers. But for this type of like cable drama on a TNT or USA or something, it didn't seem like it was wholly terrible either, though. No clue. I don't. Can Jennifer Beals get past like one season anymore? Not very easily, apparently. I, I still miss the Chicago Code. <laughs> that was a good show. It had so much potential. Yeah, that one would have definitely been good to, uh, if that one could have kept around for a little bit. All right, that's the that's the news. But we're here to talk a little bit about the CW. This is our next edition of the our fall preview episodes. Uh, talking about the 2015 CW fall schedule. Uh, and we'll go over the premiere dates and then talk a little bit each day about what the, what shows we're, we're interested or looking forward to having back. So far, they only have the one new show on, on Monday, uh, which will be Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, uh, starting up on October 12th. And then that'll be followed by Jane the Virgin, uh, the second season starting up also on the 12th of October. I know I'm looking forward to Jane the Virgin coming back. Definitely. I am as well, although I could do without some of the stunt casting they've got going on this season. This season. Yeah, I have seen a lot of <laughs> I have seen a lot of things <laughs> popping up with <laughs> this person or that person. They need to get their ratings up though, so it's not totally insane. I mean, that show, I mean, it got great critical acclaim, but it really didn't get the ratings. So if they can get more people tuning in because of some stunt casting, they're probably going to go for it. Although some of them have made sense based on things that they've referenced in the show in the, mm-hmm. True. In the first season. So so they, they, could, they could have some fun with that. Right. 
based on how the first season went, uh, that would definitely be a show that I would give leeway to do as long as they don't, you know, lose what made it great, you know, in in so doing. But anything well, that might get more eyeballs on it would be would be a plus. I don't. I mean, I think in the first season when they did stunt casting, because they did do some in the first season as well, they were really good at not making the stunt casting the point of the episode. Totally blanking on which Latin pop star they had on, who was like the mother's idol and all that kind of stuff. She was barely oh. in it. Paulina Rubio. That's it. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> but I mean, you know, See, a lot of made sense though. Well, yeah, but I think, I mean, I think they'll do pretty well with these things making sense. Okay. Like, yeah, at least, I mean, at least Brittany, I can see working. Yeah. And the other one that they have, I don't know. It's one of the people they've had has actually been cast in a role. Like she's not playing herself. Like it's done. Okay. In the that it's like, big name sort of thing but it's not this isn't somebody playing pop star so-and-so it's somebody actually playing the, ro- the role of somebody on the show okay so i feel like rita marina was in it in the first season which by the way rita marina totally needs to be back on that show mm-hmm. because well she's awesome and she was so perfect <laughs> so laurel what are what are your thoughts on the potential of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend being that nobody has seen it yet? <laughs> I've seen it. Some people have seen it now, although no really? one's seen no one's yeah. seen the version. The version that people have seen is not the version that they're going to air because they're changing it from its original pilot. So people have seen the pilot. I haven't, but um, I know I know it's been seen by people, all of whom seem to think it's like the best thing ever, so that's a good sign. But they are changing it because it was originally a, like a half hour Showtime show and now it's got to be made into a one hour network show. Yeah. From what I understand, I don't know anybody that's seen the final pilot for what the the CW edition is going to be. No, I don't think anyone has. I don't know what they're, what the changes are, but I'm pretty sure no one's actually seen that. But... The one I saw was definitely longer than a half an hour but it, there, the special effects weren't finished. Yeah. So it, there was like, you know, insert skyscape here, like <laughs> yeah. skyline here, insert, you know, I don't know. I'm just going to make something up. Dancing elephants here. You know, it was just <laughs> like stuff that would be green screen or like special effects. So I, I think this may be different from the original half hour, but it's still not the final, final product. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's an interesting I mean it's an interesting thing to go from an original idea that would be a half hour to an hour anyways. Although in this case we're talking about a half hour on premium yeah, and- cable, so it was going to actually be like almost a half an hour, not you know, right. twenty twenty one minutes or something like that. Like they had to add fifteen minutes tops to that. Yeah, so it's not that much of a change, but it is interesting to go from that to but there would be some changes in how you would have to do uh, act breaks and things like that to actually adding in commercials and things like that. So it'd be it'll be interesting to see how that how that works out. I'm not really much of a musical person, so just on the face of it, it doesn't interest me all that much. But then 
something like Jane the Virgin, just from the title and stuff like that, doesn't sound like something that would be interesting either, but it was one of the best shows, new shows of last season. And so, you know, I'll give it a, I'll give it a shot to see if, you know, how it works uh, with the, with the sort of craziness from what I've seen in the, you know, in the trailer that they have out there and stuff. Right. But does it, does it interest, uh, does it interest you, Laurel? Oh yeah. I mean, any show with that original a concept, I'm going to give a chance to just to see what they did because like I, I personally love shows that have a different type of story to them. I mean, that's, I was all about Jane the Virgin from the first moment practically because I saw the trailer and I was like, Oh my God, I have to watch the show. So something that looks cheerful and positive and happy and funny and is totally weird. I will always give a chance to, I'm not saying I'll like it, but I will give a chance to it. So I want to, I'd like to see what they're doing and I may not be able to forgive them for the song that I've only heard in the previews, but it's already turned into an earworm for me. Um, there's a song about West Covina and yes. it's way too catchy. Like, <laughs> it's, it's disturbing like how catchy that song is. So I'm a little concerned about stuff like that, but otherwise, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> how about you, Melissa? I think I am going to watch this one. It's just quirky enough that, um, and dark enough, like it's kind of twisted that uh, I will watch it. Also, you know, created by two women. Yay. Yes, that was good. One of which is starring in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Rachel Bloom is one of the creators of the show. Cool. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all for anything that, you know, even if I, I don't end up liking it or or if it ends up being something where I'm just like, well, that's really that's done well, but it's not for me. Whatever it ends up being, I'm always interested in people taking a shot at doing something different. Right. Even though ultimately, like what's, you know, the basic story and stuff like that of it might not be. And some of the things that you'll be seeing in it will be story elements that you've seen before, because I mean. There's only so many stories that you can tell, but this will be a new, you know, taking a new twist and adding elements together to come up with a new, you know, sort of spin on things. I'm always, I'm always up for people taking a big swing, even if they, even if it turns out to be a failure, except in the fact that if it turns out to be a failure and then people are less likely to want to take big swings again, that's the only, uh, that's the only detriment there, but. Right. I'm, I'm all for anything that gives us some different perspectives on things <laughs> on TV. Yeah. I also really like it because when I try to write stuff of my own, that's totally my favorite, you know, insane, quirky, weird style. So as far as I'm concerned, everything should, you know, have a little element <laughs> of that. So bring it on. All right. So that's Mondays. Tuesdays will be... The Flash, followed by iZombie, both starting up on October 6th. And Laurel, are you looking forward to either one of these? Uh, I am beyond looking forward to both of those, actually. Uh, I would also, cons I mean, Tuesday nights in the CW might be the best two hours of television on, t on TV now. I loved both shows, The Flash especially, because um, you're saying like, Jane the Virgin was one of the best shows for me. 
The Flash and Jane the Virgin were by far yeah, the best freshman shows last year. So, and I could never just—I have never been able to decide which one I think is better. So, one of those two. But so, but if you put The Flash with iZombie together, which I also loved, um, yeah, I'm—I will be spending a great deal of time on Tuesday nights watching TV. So, yeah. <laughs> How about you, Melissa? I love both of those shows. Definitely two of my favorites from last TV season. The Flash from the second it started till that last scene in the finale, it had me hooked. I adored it. Yeah, I. it's probably, uh, I'm going to say I even enjoyed it more than I enjoyed Arrow. Um, and I'm a huge Arrow fan. Well, that wasn't so. hard in the last season. So, <laughs> But then, uh, and then Izom, which just kind of, uh, you know, captured that Veronica Mars spirit without being Veronica Mars. It was the perfect, it was the perfect fit. And so, yeah, Tuesday nights, the CW has me. It's a great combination of shows, too. I mean, those two shows are, they're just enough alike that you don't feel like you have, like, thematic whiplash, but totally different stories. And very different characters, and but the same sort of like lighthearted take on weird comic booky characters. Yeah, I think that I think that the CW scheduling wise, this season has the most like makes the most sense of what they chose to put on the given nights. This is true uh, compared to what they you know have done in the past, where they've they try and put something new on behind. You know, either Vampire Diaries or Arrow being the two, you know, being their two big hits. And then you're just like, but really? Why Why is that show on after? Uh, so, yeah, that I think that's right. I think that that's correct there. The, those those flow very well together with having a more light, fun aspect to them, even though they're dealing with serious things. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Zombies and people with powers <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, as serious as that could be. Right. But, you know, they're they're actually dealing with some serious emotional issues and stories and stuff like that within the, the framework of these things. They're just not bringing you down with them. You know? <laughs> 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 well, really, when it gets down to it, there's nothing funnier than dead people. So... <laughs> But yeah, I think I think the Flash and Izombie. I think that it really is a good, like a really strong two-hour block. And when you said that, I started looking at like the schedule, like all around, and was trying to trying to figure out like where the other spots are that have like a straight two hours that I'm watching or really excited to be watching. Yeah, <laughs> those two hours, and as of right now, there's not really. There's not really any other time slot like that. I mean, like, I'm really looking forward to the return of the Blacklist, but and while I liked Heroes Reborn and I liked the player, I wouldn't necessarily say that's, like, the best. <laughs> like, either going either direction is, like, one of the best two-hour blocks that you can have. Yeah, I'd say iZombie and The Flash definitely blow both of those out of the water. So, yeah, I think that's definitely a really strong... I'm interested to see where they go in Season 2 of The Flash. The only... Like, my only hesitation is 
is that they're you know they're opening they continue to open up that world more and more uh, and while that can be interesting it also seems like the potential for multiple problems <laughs> and it it also ends up by default opening the world of arrow and uh, so it i don't know there's i think there's potential danger but so far for the most part the people that are behind the show you know been behind all of these shows is they've done you know they've done a pretty good job of of sort of slowly opening things up and so again another another group of people that I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt to you know going forward okay wednesday uh the CW will have arrow followed by supernatural both starting up on the 7th of october and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the return of Arrow. There there are things that weren't great in the third season, but then there's also things that happened in the third season that other people seem to hate. That I it doesn't bother me at all. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, so how about uh, how about those, uh, Melissa? Are you going to be watching Arrow or Supernatural? I will definitely be watching Arrow and hoping that the things that irked me about season three are, you know, not a part of it or improved upon supernatural. I will not be watching. I'm actually still like only on maybe season four or something like that. So to go hurry up. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I kind of, I don't think I will ever be caught up in time, but I'm slowly making my way through it. Good luck. (laughs) well at any rate if you can get through at least the first five seasons that's the like original story arc exactly you could always end there if you wanted to it's also a show that i don't find bingeable which makes it difficult to catch up like it's not one that i can just put on and watch like five or six episodes in a row it's a bit dark for that I have to pace myself with it. And that's probably why I'm still like only on season four when I started watching it in maybe 2010. Yeah. Well, there you go. You know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, considering that the show will probably never end, you may, you may, you may never actually ever catch up. (laughs) I would not be terribly shocked if that show went on for like a record number of seasons just because the people who make it love doing it so much and the fans just never go away. (laughs) It becomes, it becomes like the, the law and order. Yeah. Type of, I could see that happening. I mean, I won't, I certainly wouldn't guarantee it, but I could see it happening. I mean, the show's been on forever already. And, you know, the stars of the stars of supernatural have made it very clear that as of right now, they're perfectly happy, happy continuing to make this show as long as they can. As long as they can. Do they plan on not doing anything after they finish this? That's what I'm curious about. Because how difficult will it be for for casting people to see them in other roles after playing a role for so many years? Well, they both have had other big roles before. Yeah, and but they played off those this, ones pretty well. Yeah, but not for this long of a period of time. Well, I think that's the that's one of the reasons to stay doing something like this for as long as as it'll go is because guaranteed paycheck. Well, there's been a lot of people that have you know tried to move on from something 
and been stuck in that type of thing where the only other type of roles they can get is something very similar or, uh, you know, they just, uh, for whatever reason, it doesn't, you know, going into, you know, movies or doing something else just doesn't fly uh, mm -hmm. like they had hoped. And so why, why leave a good thing unless you are just completely, you know, if you're so completely tired of actually doing it or something like that, that you're just sort of going through the motions and it's actually not, uh, but, you know, if you're actually having, you know, fun with it, you like the people you're working with and and stuff, there's, I think TV-wise, there's no point in ever leaving a show <laughs> until the show, you let the show leave you. Right. Uh, because, I mean, you can look, find lots of people that you were in hit shows or things that you liked and and then they never, you know, they never seem to pop back up in anything and you're just like, how can this these people not ever, you know, end up in another, another show. Uh, plus it's also hard to not just end up in another show, but another show that actually makes it, you know, that actually, that actually goes any, any length of time. And so, yeah, if you're, if you're cruising along, what season 12 or something, there's just keep yeah. going as long as they want to keep doing it. See that. Yeah. Also, I mean, for me anyway, I think, like, I was actually getting, and I think season nine, is that two years ago now? Um, I was getting a little bored of the storylines. And then I actually got interested again. Like, once they got off their little tablet searches and everything, because those got really dull. Um, but they killed off a bunch of people and turned, sorry, Melissa, spoiler alert, they turned Dean evil. You know, that was kind of fun. So I'd like to see where they're going after that. Like, it was, it was a nice change. Well, it's definitely a show that's reinvented itself multiple times, so yeah, they can continue to do that. And inside the, you know, it's called Supernatural, so you could come up with you know, whatever you want. I mean, talk about a generic title. <laughs> you know, to, to fit into, uh, to fit into that storyline. How about how about Arrow, Laurel? You wouldn't happen to be looking forward to Arrow's return, would you? I don't know. Uh, I've seen. I like. I like it. Okay, you know. I'll Every once in a while. Yes, I'm looking forward to Arrow's return. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I will admit, like everybody else, that season three was definitely not its best season. Um, but for me, a lot of saying that is that there was an incredibly high bar set by seasons one and two of Arrow. I know some people didn't like the first part of season one, but I've always liked it. And I definitely liked the second part. And season two was like mind-blowingly amazing so there is a certain amount of like you know you can't always have it at the same quality you just can't tv shows don't work that way so for me that was a lot of it um and i think i also think that they were maybe trying to expand certain storylines faster than they should have but that's done now like they've done that with the storylines like Everything's in place for a lot of action and, you know, kicking bad guy butt and all that kind of stuff. And um, honestly, the promos for the new season look kind of awesome. Like, a lot of it looks really awesome. And they've got Neil McDonough as the bad guy, which is brilliant casting. I mean, that man is terrifying beyond all recognition in my mind. Yeah. Um, partially, 
I saw Justified. I watched Justified, okay? Yeah. It's terrifying. Yep. <laughs> I am so scared of that man after watching Justified. Uh-huh. Not to mention, <laughs> we get some more John Constantine. Well, I'm not... Yeah, I haven't even gotten to that part yet. Which is <laughs> but, yeah. But, like... I'm just going, I'm just kind of going by the trailer at this point of just things that were like really exciting to me. And honestly, Damien Dark, I am pretty much on board for that guy. He, he seems like he's going to be a really good bad guy and a good foil for all the heroes and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. And I also don't hate romances on shows although I don't want them to necessarily be the point. So people having romances doesn't bother me. Yeah, the, <laughs> same here. Like that's, that is like the least of, of any problems. And tell me a show that doesn't, you know, there's lots of shows all have, you know, people have relationships, things happen and, and stuff. And, you know, that's the, you know, that, that's, that's the way things work. And so to try and, yeah, I I don't know. Some of the, some of the things ha- didn't necessarily work. Uh, I don't think, like I don't think that Felicity is all that much a different a character than uh, than she used to be. Although yeah. I think that she also has grown in the show. I, it just seems that people don't like <laughs> where she's grown to, uh, <laughs> and so you know that doesn't really bother me. I think you still get plenty of you know, what made the character fun in the beginning with still some, you know, maybe some more serious things around now, but they still, you know, they still do some of the best action on TV, the best choreographed fight scenes, uh, the stuff that they're able to do on what I'm sure is a relatively limited budget compared to other things that are, uh, that are out there. And then also within the, the short time period of which they film mm-hmm. uh, is always been pretty amazing to me. And so, you know, all that type of stuff I think works. And I think, like you said, I'm really looking forward to Neil McDonough. Uh, I think that that's just from, you know, the description of the bad guy for this season. I think that's like perfect casting because he can play both, you know, he can play both the good guy or the bad guy it's just his his look and that that like piercing stare that he can give he looks like he's uh, literally made out of ice <laughs> he he just looks like he could and has done in the past he can play uh, that type of role and so i really look forward to uh, that as well and then uh, there's thursday night which will now be the vampire diaries followed by the originals both starting up on october 8th and this just seemed like a no-brainer. Like, why has the originals never been on the same night as Vampire Diaries? Well, it's because, like I mentioned earlier, they were trying to launch things like Rain and other stuff behind the Vampire Diaries that uh, didn't really make as much sense. But I, I, I'm interested in this one just to see really, like, what the show, what Vampire Diaries is going to become. Yeah. When you... I mean, when you lose one of the, not just one of your leads, but one of the, but one of the leads that (laughs) the basic story premise so far has basically revolved around her. 
so I'm interested to see how they sort of swap that and and continue to go on with the other characters. You know how that all works. Uh, how about how about you, Laurel? Uh, like you, I'm very interested to see what like how they are going to do this because yeah, it's really hard to lose that much of a main character and keep a show going. And especially like this late in the game, like sometimes main characters disappear a season or two in, but I mean, the vampire diaries has been on for years now and every, like I said, every plot revolved around Elena like that. She was the center of that show's universe. Yes. People loved other characters. And I'm not saying that otherwise, but the plots, like the overarching plots were kind of all about her. And, you know, that's worked for the show for many years. So now it's sort of like, okay, so what do you do with these remaining two main characters when they don't have a girl to both be pining over constantly and brooding over and killing or being killed or, you know. I mean, maybe they can just keep killing everybody like they always do. I mean, I don't think there's ever had a show that's killed off as many of its main characters so many times. Everyone on that show has died several times. Like, I think the last one to die was like in season three or something like that was like the last time they actually killed so like was the first time like the last character made it. it was either matt or bonnie i couldn't remember which one died last but they've all died so i mean they could just focus on like violence and stuff i guess but yeah i don't really know how they're gonna do it and it is interesting to see and I have very little opinion on the originals because I have never really gotten into watching it. So other than I know there are a bunch of very angry people running around New Orleans, often killing each other. I'm not really sure what's going on. Yes. Overruling New Orleans, apparently, which is uh, apparently very important. Uh, that show has been better than thought it was going to be. Uh, but the, my favorite thing about the originals is that it spun those characters off into their own show and sort of because they were becoming the thing on the vampire diaries that were just like, no, I'm tired of these, you know, I'm tired of these characters and these being the, the sort of bad guy, especially the, you know, when you have, for the most part, you have like a bad guy that can't die. <laughs> there, <laughs> there's there's no stakes in ever being able to solve that problem. So. <laughs> you said stakes. I, I did. <laughs> there are so many stakes. Like there's always stakes. Yeah. on those <laughs> There's no real stakes in actually being able to, well, I guess there's the one stake that could potentially kill him. But then, you know, if you do that, you basically kill everybody off most every vampire ever. I guess, I guess that could be like the series finale. <laughs> somebody <laughs> somebody finally stakes Klaus and everybody dies. And then you find out that everybody else that you liked was also in his lineage. But yeah, so I'm interested. How about you, Melissa? I've seen the premiere of Vampire Diaries and I'm kind of intrigued with where they're taking the story. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic, but then again, that story, I mean, yes, Elena's always been like a huge part of it, but she was never the be all and the end all for me on the show. So I'm fine with them, you know, exploring some other storylines. I really like um, the heretics that were introduced at the end of last season that are kind of like witch vampire hybrids. 
so I'm looking forward to seeing how that causes, you know, issues in Mystic Falls. Um, and also seeing how the relationships between everyone change with Elena out of the picture. Like, will Damon and Bonnie still kind of be friends with Elena not there to kind of be the thing that ties them to each other? Um, how will Caroline do without, you know, her mom and her best friend? So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. And from what I saw in the season premiere, it looks like it's off to a promising start. But um, ask me again, you know, four or five episodes in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's Thursday. And then the CW on Friday has rain returning on October 9th. And then that'll be followed by the present season of America's Next Top Model because what else could possibly go together? Yes. That? <laughs> well, that's sort of the night that maybe doesn't really fit exactly, except that, I don't know, probably if you looked at the the base demographic of who's watching those shows, they might actually be really similar. But Rain was never a show I never really could get into, and I've never really watched America's Next Top Model, so I won't be watching either of those how about you, Melissa? Did you, have you watched any of? Have you been watching Rain? Yeah, I've watched Rain up. Like I've I've seen it all up to this point. So um, I'll I'll continue watching it. I'm really excited because uh, Queen Elizabeth comes into play this season, and she's played by like one of my favorite TV actresses, TV and film actresses actually, uh, Rachel Scarston. So uh, I think she's going to bring the right the right amount of. Uh, potentially insane and crazy powerful to to the role well she'd better <laughs> uh, you're crazy insane and powerful elizabeth I'm yeah sorry. yeah and i mean i think she can pull it off i i loved her on lost girl so i'm uh, i'm looking forward to seeing what she does on there how about you laurel like you i've i've never watched more than about five seconds of america's next top model so uh I really don't know what even happens on that show, except there's like skinny, pretty people and they do stuff. So yeah, that's not going to happen. Rain, I didn't finish second season, but that's the kind of show that I could very easily check out again because I really love the actors and the basic story and all that kind of stuff because I mean... It's very sweet. Queen of Scots. It's awesome. And we've got some really awesome actors in there. So it's fun. And the best costumes on television, hands down. Like, I could just sit there and look at the clothes, and I'd be happy. I want the clothes. <laughs> I want all of them. I want, like, everything they wear. It's amazing. <laughs> they do have quite the costuming. Yes, they do. <laughs> all right, so that's... That's the CW. We sort of talked a, a little bit about it, uh, but Laura, what are your sort of overall thoughts on on the CW schedule? Well, for one thing, I think this is probably their strongest schedule they've had in possibly forever. Yeah, um, only premiering one new thing. Yeah, they don't have room for new shows. Like they've even, I mean, they've even got more shows that are not coming on right away. Um, they've got what two new shows scheduled for the winter. Plus, they've got the return of the 100 at some point, or the 100, I can't remember which one it is. It's um, the 100. Thank you. I can never remember. Anyway. You just have to um, look at how you 
how it's written and then go, it's the exact opposite of how you actually say it. Yeah, that doesn't help. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so that show's got to come back at some point as well. And they've got two pretty strong, you know, contenders coming in the winter. So there's a fair amount of where are they even going to put everything on this channel because they're out of times. Like, they're just out of time slots. Well, I think some of it is, like, I think iZombie is still going to be, you know, like, short season. Some of these things are not going to be the, you know, full, full on 22 or 24 episode type things, so. Well, and I mean, one of their mid-season shows is Containment, which I don't know how they could possibly do a 22 season, yeah. 22 episode season, because it's about people dying. I mean, there's only so much of people dying in disgusting ways in a hospital. That anybody can take, really. You can only keep that contained for so long. Yes. <laughs> They'll get out. And all sorts of hot people will die in disgusting ways. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, I think they, they definitely have a strong schedule. The, the thing I find interesting is for a network that only programs five nights and only two hours a night, I watch a fair amount of what they of what they put out and not just that it's some of my favorite stuff like arrow and now the flash and Jane, the Virgin, you know, from last season jumped right up into the top of my, you know, favorite things on the air right now. And so when I'm watching one, two, three, four, at least five. And if I may continue with the original, so watching six out of their 10 hours, and three of them are like in my top ten shows. I think that's that's a pretty strong that's a pretty strong lineup. How about you, Melissa? Yeah, I'm watching like eight out of ten. Uh, the only ones I don't watch are America's Next Top Model and Supernatural. Yeah, I mean, it, if Crazy Ex Girlfriend turns out to be good, I mean, it could be a seventh. So <laughs> you never. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely it. You can see now that they've kind of. I think they finally hit their their stride. They know what works for them. They know what doesn't work for them. And I think having those three series, you know, ready to go in the new year at some point, there it's a contingency plan in a way in case, you know, like Super X Girlfriend doesn't work out or maybe they don't continue with Rain. I don't know how that would work because that's a show I don't know how much longer they'll keep it going only because I think it has been challenged in like ratings wise. I, I think one of the reasons it's still on is because it's produced in Canada. So lower costs for them. Um, also, where did they put beauty and the beast and all this? Is that a summer series now for them? Yeah, It's just going to be summer series. Okay. Cause that was the other one and legends of tomorrow. That's like what, what I'm wondering where they're going to slot that. Like, cause I can see with, with I zombie only being half, you know, like 13 episodes or 12 episodes or whatever it is, you know, the hundred or legends of tomorrow picking up from that. But it's like, are they going to expand into the 10 o'clock slot? I don't know. <laughs> expand into Sunday. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like, they could they could do a two hour a two hour block on Sundays that might work for them. I don't know. The last thing I need is more TV on Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, well, they want you to have that problem. Yep. I don't know. I think that the way that they do things, they have 
I think some of these things will play during where there would normally be large breaks. And while some things might be in reruns, the other things will be new. So, yeah, I think the, I think things will move around a bit. And I think some things will just uh, like that post flash time slot, I think will probably be, you know, you could end up with three different things playing there by the end, by, you know, by the time we reach May, because you only have, I don't even, I don't even know. Is Legends of Tomorrow only going to be like 10? It's short. I don't know how many, I don't know, you know how like, many episodes yeah, exactly. Like, like eight or 10 or something like that. So, yeah. I mean, it could easily fit, you know, it could possibly be, you know, that gets played and then, and then the hundred returns there or something or, or, you know, I don't know, they could, uh, or, you know, Supernatural moves back to being paired with Flash and the hundred comes after Arrow or something. I think the thing is, is that they have actual options <laughs> and to of, of things to do. And for them, I think it's a good problem to have that, that they actually have such a strong lineup and they're trying to figure out where to fit these other, these other things. Some of these other things being like the hundred, which is one of the best things also on TV right now. So, you know, when that one's back again, another show on the CW that would rank up there in like my top 10 of things that while there, some of these shows, you know, while there are some shows on TV that are obviously very well made and considered to be some of the best stuff on TV or whatever, some of that stuff just doesn't interest me. And so for the top 10 things that I'm always excited for and looking forward to the next episode, a lot of those shows are on the CW. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking about things that I watch, being that I work nights and I usually just record everything and watch stuff when I get home from work, but things like the flash and arrow, I try to watch before I leave because I want to, you know, I want to know what's going on. And so, you know, those are, those are, those are the shows I always find interesting is where you find a, the, the ones along the way that you're just like, no, I want to watch it as, as soon as, as possible which would be, you know, 15 minutes into the episode, I'll start watching on the DVR. So I fast forward through the commercials. Right. All right. Well, that's enough of the CW. Uh, <laughs> as always, let us know what shows you're you're looking forward to uh, returning, or if you're going to be checking out Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, you can leave a comment in the show notes, or you can drop us a, an email at feedback at tvtimes3.com. And we'll move on to the primetime segment uh, where we'll be talking about a few things that premiered uh, in the past week. We've talked about all of them on the podcast previously in our preview episodes, but now that they've aired, we can talk about them in a bit more spoiler spoilery fashion. <laughs> and the first one being Minority Report, uh, Season 1, Episode 1, The Pilot. And uh, Laurel, what did you think of Minority Report? Well, I have to first of all admit I was not going into it with high expectations because I have a in deeply ingrained dislike for reboots and adaptations of existing material. Um, I really don't like that trend. It drives me crazy. So, And it was a movie that I, while I watched and thought it was a good movie, I didn't enjoy as much as many people did. So there was a certain amount of, eh, whatever. I didn't love Minority Report. I thought there were some glimmers of good ideas in it, 
but I mean, the pilot especially was really awkward at times. I didn't really get a lot. Of, I didn't really understand a lot of the motivations and like the two leads, they didn't have chemistry like that I would want. And I'm not talking about like religion, like relig- romantic chemistry, but even like partner friendly chemistry that would be really good. Um, towards the end of the episode, they did sort of get into that a little bit when um, the guy who I don't even remember his name got a little bit jokey about things. Like, I feel like they started upping the banter a little towards the end and that helped a lot, but I don't know. Like I didn't, I wasn't particularly interested in the ooh cool science future or whatever bits of it. Um, and it seemed like they were relying on that a lot and relying on the basic story from the movie, which is for so many reasons, kind of a problematic story to begin with. Like it's, it's a weird one that they chose to adapt. Um, so like I said, not my favorite. I will watch another episode or two to see if it fixes the stuff that's bothering me. But other than that, it's sort of down low on my list now. The second episode doesn't fix anything. Uh, Melissa, what did you think? I was not blown away by it. Uh, I watched it just to, out of curiosity's sake, also because they filmed the pilot in Toronto and I wanted to see, you know, kind of all the spots they filmed. But yeah, there wasn't enough to the story to keep me interested. The only character who I found somewhat intriguing was the... um, there's the twin brothers. So Dashiell's twin who I'm Dashiell's the one care, the, the character that meets up with Megan good there, his brother who I can't remember his name, but he's played by Nick Zano, who is an attractive man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, his character was actually kind of intriguing because whereas um, Dashiell's kind of like haunted by all this stuff his brothers found a way to kind of capitalize on their, you know, their ability. So that was like kind of the only thing I found interesting. For the most part, I was bored. Yeah, he was so, the best part of it. I, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah, I don't think I'll continue watching it. Um, yeah, the the characters just didn't really grab me. The storyline, it's just like, oh, yay, it's a procedural in the future with people who can kind of see the future so it's yeah it's just I mean I'm sure there's an audience for it I'm sure there are some people that are enjoying it it's just not a good fit for me based on the ratings there's not a big audience for it yeah I I never said it would be a big audience I said there would be an audience (laughs) Uh, it didn't do so hot that is one thing I'm always interested in is when a show, even, you know, as well publicized as this and, you know, something, you know, sort of big, one of the bigger things that Fox, you know, was going for uh, this fall season, when it doesn't even get a sampling, like when the, the first episode sampling is super low, I always find that really interesting how you weren't even able to, I mean, granted, a lot of the reviews that came out of it for it 
were not especially good. So, or saying that it was especially good. So, I mean, that could have hurt it some too, but then you see lots of things that get poor reviews and people still check it out for whatever reason. Uh, But that didn't, that didn't happen here. Uh, For me, uh, sort of differ from you, Laurel, like, I don't care if it's a reboot or or if it's a continuation. I actually kind of like the idea of taking something and and continuing on as a TV series in in a world that you saw in a movie previously. The only thing I care about is whether the end product is good. I don't care whether it's a an original idea or based off of something else or an adaptation of something. Only care whether it's good. Unfortunately, in this case, it's not good. So the the second episode has has a superior opening to to this to the way this episode opened and so as it started for a brief few minutes i was like well this might have made a better pilot than the pilot uh, like this is a little bit more interesting and then it just turned back into what the previous one was and while i don't care or don't have a hatred for uh, procedurals or uh, a lot of the shows that I like have a procedural element to them. You've got to still do something interesting in and around that or have very interesting characters. Or at least chemistry. And there's, there's actually an interesting joke, sort of sight gag kind of that they just sort of brush off real quickly in the, in the second episode that was kind of interesting uh, revolving around the chemistry of the two, uh, sort the the two leads, which uh, which is one of the only things I actually kind of found <laughs> uh, funny in the second episode. But I don't know. They just I don't know. Overall, the world is not that much more interesting. You know that they're uh, they even two episodes in, while they hint at at things that uh, like the sister is having some visions or whatever that there's, you know, that there's something bigger potentially going on uh, and that there's this other, you know, like computer system that, that predicts crime or whatever that the, the mayoral candidate or whatever wants to get instituted. None of those feel like big enough or like, is, are those really the bigger stories? Like what is the overarching thing that's sort of tying these things together what is the other than just trying to stop something or you know catch a bad guy on a weekly basis like what is the bigger element and i don't think they've given you a clear picture they definitely don't in the first episode uh, and i don't think it gets any clearer in the second episode and i think this is i think this is a good chance based on how many people watched and how likely it is that possibly less people watch this week Mm-hmm. Uh, that it might get its run of however many episodes they've produced. Uh, but I, I don't know that it, I doubt it makes it anywhere, you know, that it goes past that. I wouldn't be terribly shocked if it got canceled before then. Yeah. Unless, unless they have some sort of commitment to it that they have to keep it on. I wouldn't be terribly shocked if they dropped it earlier. Unless, I mean, unless the ratings go up or something, because they weren't good ratings, not good reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it almost it these days it almost just seems like I don't know. I suppose if it just 
completely cratered that you could put a rerun on or something like that. It might get better ratings that uh, you could do that. But I don't know. A lot of times they don't drop stuff and then put in something else new these days. Uh, they kind of run out with their few weeks of programming and then switch things up at mid-season. Or, yeah. I mean, they ran most of the episodes of Red Band Society last year. And that and that cratered. So, but yeah, this this was just. I think the I think there was a kernel of you know interesting ideas there, but just poorly executed. And a second episode didn't dissuade me anywhere from uh, from thinking that what I those thoughts about the the first episode. All right, with that we'll move on to Blind Spot, uh, which also premiered last Monday. Episode two will air tonight as we're recording this. So, Laura, what did you think of the premiere of Blindspot? Well, unlike Minority Report, I think that Blindspot has like a lot of potential. And I mean, again, it is a procedural. Like, and I'm not, I'm not opposed to procedurals either. I like, I actually like a lot of procedurals as long as there's something beyond the procedural involved, which this one definitely has because you've got, you know, naked lady with tattoos. That's different. It's an it's an interesting twist on the on the basic story. So, um, and I enjoyed it. Like, I actually saw the pilot twice, um, once at Comic Con and and then when it aired. And I actually enjoyed it pretty well both times. Uh, it's not my like oh my god top pick for the year or anything like that, but it was very enjoyable. And if they keep up the same as the pilot, I would probably get really into it. So. I mean, not, I wouldn't call this like a home run in my mind, but it was definitely good enough that I will keep watching. And how about you, Melissa? I really enjoyed Blindspot. I, I, like Laurel, I've watched it. I've watched that first episode a couple of times and both times equally enjoyable. I think Jamie Alexander's fantastic in the lead role. Um, and I like how there's, you know, just the right amount of mystery, but they are, you know, doling out little bits of information. And I do like a procedure, a a well-written procedural as well, you know, um, but I also like my procedurals to have a little bit of an overarching story, which this definitely does. So, um, yeah, the, the premiere definitely impressed me. I am excited to watch the new episode and I'm really hoping that this keeps up as good as that premiere was because uh, uh, if it does, it's going to be one heck of a ride this season. Well, I I watched it twice as well. So. Yeah, obviously we all hated this one. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, it was, it was one of those that, you know, watched it so long ago and then was going to be doing you know, a preview of it. And so it was like, I better watch that again, like now <laughs> you know, to make sure uh, that, that things actually happened. And <laughs> I actually remembered of it, but yeah, I, I quite liked it. Uh, I think, like you said, Jamie Alexander is really good. I like the, you know, there's potential there with the, whatever this big conspiracy is, whoever, why she got the tattoos uh, all these all these types of things uh, are kind of interesting as long as as we go forward like they do show you a couple of hints of things in the first episode that she starts getting some other memories or they start actually learning a few things 
that are not just new questions, because that's where the potential for a show like this could lose me is if five or six episodes in, you feel like you haven't learned anything. All you've done is created more mystery. Then even if the action is fun and stuff like that, you start to, uh, you start to lose me. Also, if the characters continue to develop, which hers would definitely have to, because she would have to, you know, as she starts to remember some things and then just starts living in where she, you know, without the memories that she has, uh, and developing some sort of personality other than just being freaked out by not knowing <laughs> what's going on. I think it, I think it could be really good. I'm more into the, the type of procedural type of things like an elementary or person of interest or things like that, that have, you know, something gets solved each week. Cause you know, I like to have, I like to watch something and feel like I've gotten something out of that hour other than, the need to just get to the next hour. And so I I don't mind a show that, you know, that solves something from week to week uh, as long as there is something bigger uh, that is both interesting and then the characters that are, you know, doing the investigation, that there's something, you know, interesting about them. Uh, and so far, you know, one episode in, I think all of those criteria are met. And I think of all the shows, even though I think Quantico was sort of, well, of the new stuff coming this fall, like Supergirl or Quantico or, and then like Blindspot was like my third of the new ones. But almost, I'm most interested in seeing the second episode of this one, just to see really how it's going to work, how they're going to use the tattoos and how, uh, how much is that going to uh, play in? How much are we going to find out going forward to, you know, to see how things, how things work out? Although I am interested in Quantico as well to see how the, uh, how the, the structure of the episodes are actually going to play out. Uh, that's the one thing from only being able to see a pilot or just watching the first episode of something that you can find it really interesting, but sometimes you're still not sure exactly like what the storytelling structure from week to week is going to be. Uh, and I'm very interested to see exactly how that's going to play out in, in tonight's episode. So any, any more thoughts on blind spot? No, it's a good show. It's a good show and definitely one of my new favorites. So, all right. And we'll move on to the Muppets, a little change of pace here for, for, uh, in the, in the middle of the primetime segment. Uh, season one, episode one, Pig Girls Don't Cry. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's got a great title. So, Melissa, what did you think of uh, the return of the Muppets to TV? I loved it. I laughed from beginning to end. I I liked the tone of it. I know I saw a lot of people online like complaining that they thought it was just, you know, too mean spirited or too dark. I'm like, are you remembering the same show that I am that was on like back in the day? Because the Muppets was never a super light show. There was always kind of like a a slightly dark underbelly to it. So um, I, I thought it was great. I, I loved seeing these characters in this setting. 
um miss piggy as a late night talk show host <laughs> hell yeah that is like fantastic and everyone is like working for her um it was i don't know there was just something about it initially when i heard the premise i was like eh, but then after watching that first episode i'm like yes i'm on board give me more how long do i have to wait for the next episode I think the terms like sad and perverted seem to come up a lot in <laughs> in reviews or things about this show. And I was like, really? I was like, yeah, they made some sort of, I guess you could say, off-color jokes. They all do. <laughs> but kid, a lot of kids programming has always had jokes for the adults that are watching along. And the kids are not going to know what the heck they're talking about. And if they do ask a question... They're easily answerable without actually saying, like, I heard somebody say, like, they make the, you know, Fozzie makes the the bear joke. <laughs> and if a kid said, why, you know, what is, what is that? All you would have to say is, well, you know, a bear on a dating site would be really weird. Like, that, <laughs> that's, that's the only explanation you need to give the kid. You don't need to give the full explanation of what that joke actually meant. So I think people were just taking things like, way too far with some of that. And I like that it's set in like it's set in our world. And so it sort of makes Miss Piggy like the only female late night talk show host, <laughs> which I think is, is, is pretty funny. I will say that having watched the pilot presentation, you know, the 10 episode or the 10 minute piece that they put out there, that was what they, you know, got, got this bot off of and really enjoying that, that, this first full episode felt a little slower uh, because they use some of the stuff that was in that, but not, you know, not necessarily everything uh, and, you know, filled in other story bits. And so it wasn't where that 10 minutes was just like, it was almost like joke, 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 joke. Like there was just tons of stuff that was funny. Uh, and then I think also being that since some of that stuff was reused in the final edition of the pilot, uh, it wasn't quite as funny because you had seen it already before. And so I'm interested to see, you know, episodes two and three, uh, you know, to see how episodes feel when I haven't seen, you know, sort of seen part of it before or whatever. Uh, how about you, Laurel? Let's just say I, the Muppets were my first and greatest television love. I've, I've been obsessed with the Muppets pretty much since birth. Um, I don't know when it started because I don't remember, but I was a huge fan of Muppets Forever. You need, a, you need that pill from Limitless. Maybe that yeah, can help that, you out. It probably would be about right, considering um, I was in the womb when that show started. So, yeah. But, like, I always liked the sort of... The thing I always liked about the Muppets is the sharp humor, but and the fact that it's not mean-spirited the humor is always the humor is never directed outwards it's always just sort of this is the humor and we're we're all laughing together um but i mean the muppets were never innocent the muppets were never sweet and wholesome and all that kind of stuff muppets were always on the edge of any sort of appropriateness anyway so and i mean i think a lot of what a lot of people are thinking of is like a couple of the recent Muppet TV specials and movies where everybody was all happy, happy, or else they're thinking of Sesame Street because 
people complain. <laughs> people who complain about these Muppets being too adult are not remembering the Muppets. They're mem- remembering something else because it was always adults. And that's why it was so brilliant is because it didn't talk down to anybody ever. So yeah, I'm, I was, I mean, I didn't think every moment of the pilot episode was the most brilliant thing ever, but overall, um, I don't think anybody has brought the Muppets back on this level since Jim Henson died. Like, I think this is the best interpretation of the Muppets there's been since, what was it, 1990, 1991, whatever it was when he died. Um, so, like, for me, this is this is one of my absolute favorite new shows. Because, I mean, it's it's the Muppets that I love are back. And not the Muppets that Disney was trying to spoon feed us for so long. Which just ignored, which just irritated me to no end so and yeah i mean and like the whole kermit and piggy thing is like yeah really they were never that was never a true love relationship without its problems everyone knows this and (laughs) there was an art there was an article that i that was pointed out where it was an interview with one of jim henson's kids where she was talking about how in the 90s they actually had a press release that piggy and kermit had broken up then um it didn't get a lot of press but it was that was out there this is not their first breakup so (laughs) (laughs) i think we will all be okay also and i don't you you'll probably understand this the original like the original muppet show to me always slightly felt like a cough medicine trip Like, there was something psychedelic about it. Oh, very. And, I I mean, there's not that in this new series, but there is that kind of edgy, innovative feel to it. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Also, just the whole, the way the Muppets are, like, mocking kindly, but they are mocking everything all the time. Yeah. I mean... They make, like, the whole point of the Muppets basically, like, you know, in the original show, they spent half of the episode making fun of their special guest stars who were, like, the top of entertainment. And they made fun of cultural institutions and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you know, I, th- I think they're doing a great job reviving that feel. <laughs> yeah, I've been saying that it's sort of like 30 Rock meets the Muppets. Uh, with a little bit of, you know, like either Modern Family slash The Office with the, you know, the mockumentary style of having, you know, cameras following them around. But it's kind of it's kind of the Larry Sanders show if it was done by the Muppets. Uh, <laughs> it's it's set in that same sort of thing, you know, the fake late night talk show uh, where you're going to be able to bring on guest stars uh, that'll be, you know, on the show. Uh, but also having to be dealing with them backstage and, mm-hmm. and and all that stuff. And so, yeah, I think it was – I think there's a, a lot of potential there to have uh, something that's both enjoyable for, you know, for families, for adults and for for children. And I think it, it sort of fits in with Fresh Off the Boat as a solid family hour of <laughs> of comedy that you could, you know, that you could watch. 
Yeah. We'll move on from the Muppets to something that is a little bit more adult. <laughs> <laughs> that being Empire, Season 2, Episode 1, The Devils Are Here. Uh, I'm still behind on on Season 1. still have a few episodes of Season 1 left to watch. I haven't quite decided whether I'm going to keep up with this one or not. Uh, I've mentioned it before on the podcast, for whatever reason right now, like the big soapy drama type things are just not not really interesting to me right now. I'm like getting more than my fill of it from Scandal, and that's sort of like filling that that need up. So some of these other ones that are, have come along, uh, while I've been good on various scales, I haven't been keeping up with. So I don't know whether I'll... Uh, the episodes are still on the DVR. They haven't got deleted yet, so... So, Laurel, what did you think of the season two premiere of Empire? Did it did it keep going with the phenomenon of the first season? I think, I mean, honestly, yeah, I think it kind of did. I mean, in terms of shock factor moments and shivering with evil goodness sort of feeling um, when, you know, one member of this family does something so awful that you're cheering for them. That was all there. I mean, there was Cookie. Like, you can't go too far wrong with that character because she's insanely wonderful. And yeah, I mean, I think it was a little slow getting started, like getting into it, although they had some great music going on while they got into that, so you could totally be distracted. I like the addition of Marissa Tomei. She's a pretty good foil. Like, she's just as evil as any of anybody else on the show. Um, just as opportunistic and ruthless as they all are. I guess they're not really evil. They're just ruthless, like super, super ruthless people. And uh, like, I don't know how many people got stabbed in the back, either literally or figuratively over the course of that hour, but um, it was totally entertaining to watch and in the best sort of way. And, like, I know they're going to try and spring him from prison soon, but I really want Lucius Lyon to spend a little more time in prison because he ruled that prison and it was awesome. How about you, Melissa? I liked the season premiere. Um, I'm totally with you, Laurel. I love the addition of Marissa Tomei. I've loved her on TV and in film for years. So to have her, um, I want more of her on this show. And I like her playing kind of the, the foil like she's kind of equally as as bad as the rest of them and everyone is so good at being bad on this show um the one thing that i found a little jarring was seeing amin jamal like i i kind of wasn't expecting him to go that route i mean it makes sense but it 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 was a little jarring at first so that's going to take some getting used to lucius is totally ruling prison um, I was a little sad that we didn't get um, more of one of those people in prison. <laughs> yes, I think we were all saddened by that. Because there was so much potential there. Um, but what yeah, it, go. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it, 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 I mean, it's, off, it's definitely continuing where things left off in terms of the tone and the energy and, you know, just how outrageous this story is Taraji continues to be a goddess as Cookie Lion she is not only like this generation's Alexis Alexis Carrington Colby Colby Carrington she I think she's even starting to surpass her 
Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to see where the rest of this season goes. And, uh, it's definitely, if this, you know, premiere is any indication, it's going to be another, uh, another, uh, insane, another insane bunch of episodes. So it sounds like more of what made the first season (laughs) so many people continue to watch. Basically. Yeah. I mean, it could have been the next week. (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean, the, the finale of last season was a big finale. And don't get me wrong. I mean, lots of stuff happened and it, and it was great. But I mean, it didn't feel like it didn't feel like there was like a change. It felt like and now we're back to the story of Empire as it was like the story just continued because we're not done yet. And we're going to fight our way through the, you know, craziness of this whole thing. And yeah, I mean. I actually had uh, saved up a lot of Empire episodes on my DVR because I didn't have a chance to watch them in the spring. So when I say, like, it could be, like, the next week, it almost <laughs> um, it did take a while to finish the season. I did finish it before the premiere, but it was not that far before the premiere. And uh, it definitely was a seamless transition. So that was nice. All right. We'll see what happens with the with Empire. I'm interested to see. This was actually the first episode that wasn't higher ratings wise than the previous one. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but it was definitely significantly higher than when it premiered in its first season, mm-hmm. and it wasn't that much lower than where it ended last season. But I'm interested to see how, like, now that it's back on and people are like, "Oh yeah, it's back on." Where where it sort of comes in at, where it maintains, or if it starts to go back up again, I'm interested where that that point is uh, over the next few episodes to see what the base is for the show. Like where is it going to <laughs> to hang out at uh, ratings wise? Because that was such an interesting phenomenon last last season. I mean, you usually get things that you know maybe it premieres big and then it drops off a little bit. Uh, but it's still big, uh, and then it kind of maintains that, and you know maybe sort of fluctuates up and down a little bit as it goes along. And then these days, with the way you can catch up with things and you know watch things later, people hear about something that's good and they would catch up with it. And then in a second or maybe third season, you might see a bump, you know, in ratings. But to see something where every week it went up and up and up was definitely an interesting interesting phenomenon so it was a water cooler show though yeah so for, for one thing you're gonna have all the people who've been putting who you know record things and watch them later more of them are probably tuning into it live because if everybody in the office is talking about what happened the next day you know you don't want to be behind and it is a soap opera so you know you don't want to be spoiled you know Hence, Melissa and I not saying who died in the premiere episode, despite the fact it aired, you know, five days ago. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, that's that's Empire. And we'll move on to the last show on the primetime list this week, which is Heroes Reborn. uh, Season one, episode one, Brave New World and episode two, Odessa, uh, that played together as a two hour premiere. And Melissa, what did you think of Heroes Reborn? I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I loved season one of Heroes. After that, it lost me. 
Um, although I did watch seasons two and three. I mean, I loved season one. I liked season two. I strongly disliked season three and didn't bother with the rest. So in terms of like the kind of the spirit of season one, I found that these two episodes kind of captured that. And if anything, they were able to go a bit darker and edgier with it. I just find that now that the, you know, kind of the place that the world is in right now and the the TV landscape right now that they are able to do a little more. So it was a little, I don't know if I should say this, but it was ballsier. Is, is that okay to say? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just a little more. Heroes like, Reborn, now with more balls. Yeah, like it was It was a little Literally more. And figuratively. <laughs> they, they, they didn't hold back. So I, I really liked that. There were characters from the original series that I was always curious about, and we revisit them. And that was very intriguing. I also like kind of this whole thing where these people, these Evos, as they call them, are, you know, kind of the, you know, it's it's a world where people don't understand them. So they, you know, they make them the bad guys. They try to make them that they're evil. And so, you know, just kind of like the parallels with, uh, with things going on in the world right now. I just, I love a show that can do that and, you know, kind of make these comments without coming right out and saying that's what they're commenting on. Um, The new characters are fascinating and their motivations for why they are the way they are specifically, Um, Luke and his wife, who I'm drawing a blank on her name, uh, I think it's Joanne, that says Zach Levi and Judy Chaconi's characters. I really like them. Um, And then there's the reluctant hero, uh, Ryan Guzman's character, Carlos, who was just fantastic and has a really cool arc from what from what I understand. So um, I went into it not expecting much ended up really, really enjoying it and actually excited to see the rest of the episodes. How about you, Laurel? Well, first of all, I have to say, Melissa's story of watching the original Heroes is my story. Um, Loved the first season, owned it on DVD, have watched it a few times. Got very disillusioned in the second season and pretty much just plain disgusted in the third season, never made it past there. Still want them to answer the question of, Irish Caitlin, who got left in the dystopian future that no longer exists. Um, I'm never going to let that one go because seriously, that bothers me. Um, but anyway, so new, there's now their new version and I have very mixed feelings about this for one. Th- I mean, I definitely think there was some really good stuff happening. Um, I agree with the one character. Was it, it was Car- Carlos was his name when you were talking about Melissa. Yeah, Carlos. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm terrible with names. But I I actually really, really liked his storyline. Like, if the entire show had focused on him, I would have been pretty intrigued just because he was that strong a character that even in this giant ensemble, he stood out like that. So I really liked him. I'm curious to see what what they do with him and everything. Um, I like the kid, like the, the boy who they focused on a lot. So that was that was pretty good. I had so many issues with the Japanese arc, some of which date back to the original heroes and my feeling about how that show treated women. Um, the fact that the only female hero on the show that we've met so far really 
is literally, like, literally an anime character. Like, she's a character in a video game. And as far as, and we have, we know nothing else about this person. Like, I don't even know how she's supposed to, how, what the connection is between her and fanboy guy. But that particular plot drove me bonkers. Um, I thought it was a stupid power, and I didn't like how it was done. So um, that particular one bothered me. I like stuff with Bennett because it's Jack Coleman and he's awesome. And as far as uh, the two bad guys running around trying to take revenge on the Evos, all I can say is they brought Zachary Levi back to my television and I don't really care about anything else. So good on them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's like, it's he, I love, I love like anything he does. So (laughs) I'm totally fine on that. Um, Other than that, like I was fine with the story, like as it was, as it was unfolding and I thought it was very interesting what they were doing with it. My one issue with like the overall show was the way they had like these random um, Evo people out in the tundra of various places being chased or talking to people or something like that was really weird. <laughs> like where they just sort of had these people out there and we never saw them again. I'm going to assume that there's an explanation for that later on, but it was very weird structure wise that they were in the episode and then just like, poof, gone. And we never discussed them ever again. So I am cautiously optimistic about Heroes Reborn, but I've been burned so badly by that show that I'm not going any further than that, no matter what. So, but hey, Zachary Levi, yay! Yeah, I enjoyed it enough that I'll watch, you know, the entire arc. I don't think I made it quite as far as either of you. I think my remembrance, and I know I didn't watch season four. uh, Nobody watched season four. My remembrance is that I... Didn't even make it through season three, though. My remembrance is that I only made it a few episodes into th- season three and was just like, uh, this is enough and stopped and stopped watching, uh, which should tell you something about <laughs> where that was going, because there are lots of shows that I've watched that have st- started to lose their way, but I've still sort of out of the loyalty of <laughs> where they were and stuff still continued on with them. Uh, and watched, you know, watched lots of things to their conclusion. So for me, you really got to go someplace annoying or just be so far from where you originally were uh, that I that I stopped watching. But the idea of entering this world again was, was kind of intriguing. Uh, I always sort of liked, you know, some of the storytelling style of how they, you know, they introduce people and stuff. Although I do agree that they do... There are a few in or a couple in here where you're uh, where you do get some later on, but it almost felt weird. Like, couldn't you just waited? Like, just (laughs) just give us a give us a glimpse, and then, but we have like no real anything about that. Uh, And then all of a sudden, later on, uh, I think one of the ones you're talking about pops back up in episode three. Oh, probably. Uh, so where you find out a little bit more about them and. And I think, I think the Japanese storyline was the most confusing of the storylines. Like at at the end of it, I was like, I like that they finally gave her a fight scene that wasn't animated, so you could see that this was sort of in real life. 
she could fight. And I, the thing that confuses me is I'm confused on how that power exactly works because it turns, <laughs> it basically turns the real world into a video game that then the guy can help out by playing the game while she's actually in the game, but she's actually, if it's actually working because of the sword or something, uh, when she, you know, put the sword back in the sheath and all of a sudden she is in back in the real world, but she's <laughs> in a new spot. Like she's actually traveled across town and in a building. So that was the one that I was like, I hope there's a good explanation for this one, like down the road. Like what uh, this, there's always a few things that scratch your head in some of these things uh, where you're just like, wait, what? Uh, but for the most part, I think they, there's some of the characters are interesting, uh, have some interesting backstories. The whole giving uh, Jack Coleman's, uh, you know, giving Noah Bennett, you know, amnesia of, and then he's trying to now figure out like why he wanted, what was so bad that he wanted to not remember it, which is sort of a weird thing that if you actually told somebody to erase your memory and to kill you, if you ever tried to find out about it, uh, maybe you should just let that go. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but I think it works for giving that, you know, sort of that momentum of trying to, of whatever the big thing was, whatever the conspiracy was that he probably uh, knows, uh, but given how things have gone before, it worries me that you get to the end of this and the thing that they had him forget is not really that big a deal uh, right. or something. And so I am, as you said, sort of cautiously <laughs> – after the first couple episodes, I enjoyed them enough that I w I'm cautiously optimistic that it will at least be a fun ride where potentially much like the first season, we could end up with – a finale that is less than satisfying. Yeah. I'd also like to point out just because I feel that this is an issue that heroes always has. Jack Coleman, his, his uh, Bennett character, he was engaged. He seemed to be happily engaged. It wasn't like a fake life or anything like that to this very nice seeming woman who he has apparently left without a word and is now roaming the country with his sidekick guy. So, what? <laughs> like, this show just does not do reality well. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like they just like they keep forgetting about their side characters sometimes. <laughs> yeah, because now he's on the mission to find out what's going on. In it. Right. And like, and you, you, maybe a, maybe a oh. phone call or something of. <laughs> Hey, honey, I'm on a business trip. See you in a week. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck planning the wedding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Typical man, huh? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, there's, yeah, there's weird things that they do. There's something that happens in the third episode that's travel-wise, where people are in various places, yeah. and then... Uh, they all have to get on planes to get to wherever they're going, but certain people get there way, way <laughs> before other people, yet they were way farther away to begin with and things like that, that, you know, they're not using any power to travel or anything. So it made 
uh, it made little sense in in things like that. But so here and there, there's always something that sort of takes me out of it a little bit. But like I said, I watched it enough. I liked it enough that I'll watch, knowing that it's only going to be 13 episodes. I'll watch the uh, that run of it, and I think we're all sort of in that same. I think we're all kind of in that same boat. <laughs> we're just cautiously floating along there, hoping that it doesn't capsize <laughs> at some point in time. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for the prime time segment, and we'll move on to the TV recommendations. First up, my recommendation is iZombie, which we talked a little bit about in the preview part of the episode. The first season comes out on DVD on Tuesday, September 29th. It's also and has been available on iTunes and things like that uh, for a while, but it'll be on DVD. Again, one of those things that... At least it's been out there in other ways to be able to to get it so that you could catch up. I've never understood the DVD release like the week before something's going to come out. <laughs> At least with something like iZombie being shorter, you could probably actually catch up with it before the next season came out. But anyways, I quite enjoyed that uh, as uh, I believe we all did. And that's, that's my recommendation for uh, something. If you didn't watch the first season, you should definitely catch up with that one. And uh, Laurel, did you... Did you come up with something you wanted to recommend? Sure. Not terribly new, but uh, it's sort of been my big like TV discovery of the month. Uh, for the last couple of years, I have really, really wanted to watch Person of Interest, but CBS doesn't like people to ever watch their shows after the original airing, apparently, so I haven't been able to. And now it's on Netflix, and it's awesome, and if you watch Empire – prepare for a serious whiplash going between those two shows. Because <laughs> if you don't believe she's a good actress, that should convince you. Because, oh my goodness. Yeah, those are two completely different roles. The character of Joss Carter and her character of Cookie Lion could not be more different, other than they kind of look alike. But only kind of because they dress and wear makeup and hair are totally different too. But yeah, so I've been watching that all month. You know, whenever I didn't feel like watching something on actual TV, I've been checking that out on Netflix and definitely worth it on that show. I would agree. I, I quite like that show. And it's, and Person of Interest has been one of the weird shows on CBS that, for whatever reason, it didn't show up. I mean, the, most of their shows end up on you know, on demand, you know, afterwards or things like that. But Person of Interest has been one of the shows, and I think maybe Criminal Minds at times too, for some reason or whatever, it would be like the show where if you didn't watch it or have recorded it, the chances of you finding it <laughs> uh, or being able to watch it, you know, like if you missed an episode or something, you're just out of luck. Uh, yeah. is has been sort of a strange thing, uh, especially in this. I think that's sort of changed some here recently. Uh, and then obviously now it, where they've actually gotten uh, the the back episodes out there on a streaming service where you can actually watch the show. But yeah, that's definitely one I would agree that is, is worth catching up with. I think it has, it gives you, it gives you some action. It gives you some story of the week, but as things go on, they tie in, into the bigger story uh, oh, that's yeah. going on. And that story gets bigger and bigger as the seasons go. It's also really great for binge watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Similar with Supernatural, you know, 
some shows you just can't binge watch very well. You can binge watch Person of Interest. It's not a problem. All right. And Melissa, what is your recommendation this week? Well, my recommendation is a an app that I've been having tons of fun playing around with um, called WhipClip. And what it is is that it's this app that you can download to your um, either your iPhone or your iPad, or I think they're available on Android as well. I, actually, I'm pretty sure they are now. So what you do with this is when you're watching shows in real time, you can create clips from the show, like so many seconds long, depending on what it is, also with music videos. And then what you do is you can share it within the app, but then you can take those clips and, you know, embed them on your Facebook page or in your Twitter pro, like on your Twitter page. Or if you're someone who recaps TV shows like us, you can embed the, the clips as part of your recap. So if you're talking about a specific scene, you can say, okay, here's a bit of the scene. So it's just, it's a lot of fun. It doesn't have all of the channels in there, but there's like some really subsists substantial stuff in it and it's just it's a lot of fun to kind of play with and also see what what attracts other people's attention because it's for me someone who's not really into reality television I'm always curious to see what what the appeal is so this kind of gives me an extra layer of understanding why people like certain shows and you know what what about it appeals to them so yeah it's just it's a fun little app um and with the new tv season starting there's a lot available to uh to potentially clip so uh yeah that's my that's my little recommendation all right i just downloaded it on my android phone so it is available on (laughs) awesome (laughs) i think i think android support's just very new for it so everybody develops iphone first and then puts it out on android hopefully at some point Uh, there's still some apps that you you can only find on on an iphone Uh, but yeah that sounds that sounds interesting uh, and I, I could see how you, because since people are picking out like their favorite bits and pieces and stuff like that, so you could definitely see like what it is that's resonating from a show with with people that are watching it. So that that does sound like a an interesting an interesting use of of that app. It's now installed on my phone. I'll have to check it out and see see what it's like. Awesome. All right. That'll do it for this episode. As always, you can find links to our recommendations as well as the news stories we talked about and also where you can find Laurel and Melissa online uh, in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 292. And then next week, uh, Amory will be back with me and our guest will be Kurt from tvshowpatrol.com and we'll be taking a look at what is all coming on cable this fall. Lots of stuff to add to all the network stuff. So much, so much TV. It's such a great time to be a TV-aholic. Uh, but thanks again, Laurel and Melissa, for joining me on episode 292. Thanks Thank for having you. Us.